that's like our shared humanity to return to our hearts, to return to kindness, to return to generosity. That's what I hear a lot is they're trying to encourage people to return to those ways, to understand our place in the, the web of life and the web of creation. And also I hear them talk a lot about not getting possessive, not getting possessive, you know, encouraging us to understand that I have heard this message from them in so many different places. It's like, we don't own, we don't own this. This isn't. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello, 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 and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always a blessing to be with you all. Well, I'm so excited about today's guest, the beautiful and magnificent Liv Mokai Wheeler. Have I said your second name right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all thank right. you so much. Liv, uh, oh, she sent me the most, you know, she filled out the request form and sent me the most, on the request form, I say, why do you want to be on the show? The most beautiful email I think I have ever received. <laughs> I was so humbled by what you said. And I put mm. your appreciation for the shows and for me on my website because I was just crying when I read your email. I'm like, oh, my oh. God, this woman, this is amazing. And then, of course, I checked out you and your work. And, darling one, you are amazing. Honestly, you are doing some magnificent, beautiful, sublime spiritual work in the world. And uh, I can't wait to explore a bit more of it with you. Uh, so let me let me tell people a little bit about you from your bio. Here. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and, and your story reads a bit like mine. It says much of Liv's earth journey has been about healing and finding the courage mm-hmm. to express as a woman of spirit in this 3D world. She's worked diligently through the years to overcome a nearly debilitating fear of speaking in public and with the public, which I can relate to. Liv also experienced real opposition and slander in this lifetime that she has had to find a way to heal and transform. Liv feels that this must be a big part of her soul's growth in this lifetime. Liv Wheeler is an initiative contumble voice diviner. Have I said that right? Mm -hmm. Ritual facilitator Mm -hmm. and multidimensional spiritual teacher who has dedicated her life to reweaving the human experience with the sacred. For the past 16 years, Liv has travelled the world connecting people to the vast ecologies of spirit that exists in all communities. A voice for the little people of the earth, she has reignited people's awareness of the spirit realm across cultures and landscapes. Liv reconnects communities with the very real experience of the spiritual world that is a complex and intricate as the one we experience in our daily physical lives. She embodies the initiated feminine role of priestess and spiritual teacher in honour of the healing of the feminine as well as 
the tending to the shrines of the other worlds as well as the tending to the shrines of the other worlds. That's fascinating. I'll have to ask you. <laughs> I have to ask you about that. I don't actually know what that is. Her book, her book called With the Love of the Ancients, My Spiritual Journey of Remembering is a vulnerable sharing of her journey. Liv chose to share with great transparency to encourage others who feel handicapped by their traumas and fears to see it's possible to move through them and come out the other side. She encourages you to express vulnerably because she has found that this brings people together by seeing and feeling our shared humanity. I so could go. Mm. So many people, you know, write to me and say, put me on your show, and they tell me how fantastic they are, but they don't tell me who, who they are. You know, like, why do you do what you do? And, you know, be vulnerable. Like something happened yeah. that maybe wasn't great. And that put you on this path for, for the most part. Yeah. And uh, vulnerability is what I'm all about. In the past few years, Liv has been more <laughs> focused on conscious creation, consciously moving mm. from feeling victimized by the circumstances to understanding oh. how we, we've always created consciously and unconsciously. Yeah, everything that's happening to us through our conscious and unconscious creation. Liv is also the creator of The Remembering, a featured documentary, a story of remembering our ancient connections. It's about a group of women who pilgrimage into North Mongolia to heal the wounds created by the disconnection from our ancestors. Yeah, probably the modern disconnection from our ancestors. ancestors. Yeah. And our ancient relationship with the little people of the earth. I encourage people to go and check out the trailer for that. I might even put a bit of it on this uh, on this podcast mm. of the Remembering Film Tour, uh, especially you. The, what you, they were saying about it in Tokyo. There's a clip on your website of oh, that. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. So beautiful. And Thank your website you. is called Earth's Amulet. So Earth's with an S A M U L E T dot com. Okay. Well. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to ask you this question for for me and for the people listening. What is the contemble voice divine? What is the contemble? To say the contemble would be maybe like saying the gnomes or the elves or the they're the little people of Burkina Faso, West Africa. Okay. In a in a very windy way that my spiritual journey has has gone has the road the way it's gone it led me to um my longtime teacher maladoma some who is now on the other side elder maladoma patrice some of the dagra people the dagra tribe of burkina faso west africa so i was led to um to study to work with him and i I studied and uh, supported him for like a total of eight years and then went to Burkina. There would be, in a way, it would be pil pilgrimages there too. But um, however exactly soul and spirit goes uh, from birth, the Kantamle have been with me. So that's like saying, you know, if we're in maybe Iceland or some of the places where the elves are known to to be, I believe there are a lot in the north, but they move in different parts of the earth anyway. But um, 
the Kintumbe there in they're known in a particular region of Burkina Faso, West Africa. And so they I've come to realize also through my remembering with working with Maladam and also with the Kintumbe is that the little people are all around the earth or everywhere. There's um, whatever, wherever our ancestors are from, wherever our, most of our ancestors are so braided anyway, <laughs> it's rare that one person is just from some region, but wherever they're from, if we went back to the, to the beginning, to the, the beginning of the tradition of the culture, then they would know the different little people likely, and they would likely have many names for the little people. Also, according to, um, sometimes they're known as nature spirits, but the way I experience it is they, they come through the body of nature. So they're not necessarily, yeah. so let's say there's water spirits, but the way I experience the Kintome or the, the different little people, they're moving through the body of that element or of the trees, or of the um, the mountains, or of the the caves. Mm -hmm. So they have um, different different ones. They live in different uh, different places of the natural world. But really, ultimately, I experience them that they come from the stars, and they move, you know, interdimensionally. Mm -hmm interdimensionally and through the different star systems and they are um, supporting our evolution the different little people are supporting our evolution and also our earth guardians they're earth guardians and so they they tend to the natural world and a lot of the stories that i've heard been told and also heard from the little people in different parts of the earth is that they would be working with the different people there and help them to find ways with the different beings of the natural world that is um, harmonious for all. Mm -hmm. So ways that they can work with the animals or the beings of the sea in ways that it's um, harmonious for all and also that they're uh, that they're they're growing everybody's growing enriched from the process they're um they're they're learning they're evolving in different ways so nowadays it seems that it happens that the little people well i think this has probably been true throughout time too they they naturally come to different children and they they're guides of different people Mm. And those people, a lot of times, those people would be um, healers. They would be, yeah, working with the earth in different ways. And some in traditional cultures, then they would they would recognize that the child that's with those little people, and then they would help to somebody that also had those connections would help to uh, like foster those connections. You know, help them to understand how to work with them. I know that's a long. A long windy response but yeah i feel them really strong right now it's a beautiful response so they've the contemple have also been called the elemental world or the fae by the irish or the right. fairies or yeah there's been many names or the little people uh the fae, that, yeah that the they encompass the elemental world encompasses you know all different 
intentions and types of energies like the gnomes and the fairies and the water spirits and oh like yeah they're just I yeah. feel them with you yeah I feel them <laughs> with you that's why I had a feeling this would happen there's I can I can notice when there's different things being spoken through me that have ever been spoken before it's the it's the it's the effect of my my spirit meeting you're you're connecting with your spirit because it's because of your also your connections too yeah beautiful my next door neighbor who's just moved out actually she's such a great gardener she really wasn't into it because she's a catholic girl and she's schooled in the catholicism and all that catholicism has to offer as she walked in here one day i've said this on another podcast and this golden fairy or this golden light followed her and it had a Mm -hmm. tail and it had a sound it kind of went and she walked in the door and i'm looking behind her going and she said, what are you looking at? And I said, a, <laughs> a golden fairy came in the door with you. Uh, and so, yeah, that, you know, she's oh, such a beautiful, this green thumb, this amazing, this appreciation of the natural world. And she was working with this golden fairy energy. It was so beautiful. It's the only time I've ever seen a golden one, a golden one. It was uh, beautiful. And that it made a sound too. It was like, zip, had a little zippy sound. that's awesome awesome. and also you know I want to speak to what you were mentioning from the beginning it was the contemplate that asked me to to reach out to you and because I because I live guided by I could say guided by spirit but even especially the contemplate so not knowing of course when I was listening to your different interviews and everything I love listening to all of them and as I said and what I shared about you also is feeling your beautiful heart and uh, golden energy yourself. But um, so I didn't, I didn't know why, but I just trust that. And then now already I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah. The energy is. And I also wondered, are you, this might seem random, but I don't know. Are you connected to the Arcturians by any chance? Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. That's, (laughs) That's why, that's why, because I was practicing yoga earlier and then I don't know if you receive it like this, the different um, galactics, when I hear them, I'll hear it like you were mentioning the sound and I was hearing like a certain sound in my ear, but different. And so I listened and I was like, what is that? And I, and I, I was asking, who is that? And they were saying it's the Ar- Arcturians. And I don't work with the Arcturians. I mean, I don't, I haven't experienced them yet. I, they said Arcturians. And they were saying something. I was like, "Wow, you, you have a strong energy." And then it was, it was. They were saying something about working. They said we like working with you, or something like that. And then, and then right after that, that's when I got your email. And then I thought, I wonder if she's connected to the Arcturians because <laughs> I made that connection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Arcturians are a big part. Oh, of it's strong, beautiful a big energy. Part of what I call the mob. They work. They say to me that they work. <laughs> They work with the mind and thought forms and, and a bit like, you know, when I was reading your bio, you were saying that much of the work has been about conscious creation. So they're really helping us become conscious and aware and deliberate in the way we flow our energy, the way we think, what we believe. They're a big part of that. There are many galactics working with that, but the Arcturians are a big part of that sort of mental matrix that creates worlds and planets and universes. But I want to hear about what happened for you to remember your connection with the Contemble and and your spirit guides and the galactics what was your wake-up call my wake-up call to say it to say it in a um 
in a kind of simple way. My wake up call was when I was younger, around age 20, 21, still in the, um, the kind of programming of modernity, you could say, without being aware of that, because I hadn't experienced myself as any other way. And so I was kind of like going through the motions of going to school, getting a job and was working as a court reporter, actually. And, um, and then it just, it was just like one by one that I was seeing all of these um, kind of, I would say it felt like lies that I was programmed with. And then they just, it just was revealing itself naturally because I was, I have direct experience is really important for me. I learn a lot through the direct experience and through direct experience, I was understanding that I had been embodying a lie without realizing it. So what I mean by that is it could be anything of, um, you know, just a story of that you go through this process and then you're going to be happy if you're making money. And then, you know, when you're this like functioning member of society or something like that, and that you'll feel good about yourself or something. And I found it actually to be completely opposite. And because it was, felt like it was participating in a reality structure that had to do with somebody's less than and somebody's above than, and you've got to find your place in this. And nobody was saying it out loud, but you could feel it and just feel it felt, it felt really unhealthy. It felt super unhealthy. And, um, and I just, I just couldn't live it. I just tried it for a little one. My body was resisting it. It was just like, this is not going to work. And this, I realized when I was doing something that felt out of alignment, out of congruence with my being, I, I felt, it felt hollow. It felt really hollow. And I was trying to compensate with buying things. <laughs> I was trying to compensate for the, like the deficit that I felt internally. And, and then, so basically from that friction, from that, that rub, you know, that internal friction and that rub, I just realized I said, I can't do this. I've been living somebody else's truth without realizing it. So I need to find what is my truth. So I set out to, to find it around age, I guess that would be around age 21, went to California. But so that, I guess in some ways that started an unraveling of conditioning, like the conditioning started unraveling and the way I experience what people refer to as awakening, I wouldn't call myself awakened. I would say I'm in the process. So little by little, the unraveling, you know, goes. And so that unraveling started and I realized what felt true for me was to live from the heart. And I was, I just started following my heart. I started following my intuition. And, and then it guided me to the San Francisco Bay Area and I just kept following it. And every time I followed it, I noticed things got better. And I felt, I felt more content and I felt, I felt better inside. I felt more and more I followed it. It's like, this is right, following my heart. And then that um, that led me into working with children for a while, and then into in a, um, a again a kind of twisty way on the path to the healing arts, and then following intuition, spirit's voice was getting stronger without me realizing that, 
and I was studying all of these different healing arts and energy healing and everything. And then, <clears throat> and then it guided me. I just was asking what is, cause I could feel there was a direct one that I hadn't touched yet, but I could feel it. And then I put the question out to the universe and it came in a very, very strong message of um, shamanism. Again, like I didn't know at that time what that meant. I just knew it was the, the response that I was having. And again, just following the, the path in a this windy way it guided me to my teacher and then that's that's how everything started going with um with understanding that these contemplate ha have been with me since i was born and i just i just forgot you know i forgot i went through you know the more and more conditioning at a certain probably probably around as a child, I think it just got more and more and more conditioning. And you just, I just went through the process of going, you know, just wanting to be like going into conditioning of people pleasing and all these different things. And so it's trying to satisfy the outside world and not paying attention to the inside world. So something like that. <laughs> oh, beautiful. And when did you know that you were really speaking to other dimensional beings and spirit? Because I've heard you on other podcast shows say that, you know, you're yakking with people that have been physical and are now transitioned to another realm. <laughs> did you say yakking? Yakking. Uh, you know, we call, awesome. them, we call them dead people. <laughs> they don't like dead people. They say to me, you guys are more dead than we are. But anyway, we call them dead people. So when did you realize that you were talking to, you know, beings in other realms? I think it was probably increasingly so the more, the deeper I was going in my studies with Maladoma, when I would go and, and train train with him, then and the, the groups that would gather, then uh, it seemed like it was progressively more and more my abilities were opening up, being in powerful rituals and ceremonies it was increasingly so opening up my abilities and so um it just it was kind of paying attention to this subtle just like the subtle voice of the heart it was like paying more and more attention to the subtle and then and also actively going into ancestral healing like doing a lot of ceremony to help my ancestors the ones that were stuck to help them to be well. And that helped to strengthen the connection more and more. And then for a while I was, I was definitely more focused on ancestor healing and, and, and it just kind of happened organically that people, when they find out that you can do that, <laughs> then they come and they want to connect with their, their loved ones. So, so yeah, that was for a while when I started um, divining what people also would be calling kind of like a reading or something like that. Uh, there was a lot of times people were coming to me to connect with their, their, their loved ones on the other side, which is really, really beautiful too, because um, it's so healing for people. It, help, it helps bring so much um, healing, like these unresolved uh wounds that it, it, I would notice it it brings all these like beautiful ripples into the ancestor realms but so it started it started mostly with the ancestors and it just kept 
progressing. It was opening more and more and more, but I was also um, engaging it. And the more I was, the more I was practicing, and the more I was also started doing sessions with people. It just it kept getting stronger. But also, what you were saying before about the, <laughs> the tending shrines to the other world, then mm. that's that's what I do. <laughs> I tend shrines is that um, I make offerings to spirit every day. So mm. anytime when I'm sitting down to eat, or when I start the morning I'm making an offering to the divine mother. I put honey and milk there and I, I bow to the divine mother and, and, and honor her. And then I go through the days and I offer this oat milk that I've been making lately. I offer that to the earth and I say, thank you for another day. And, and, and I admire the beauty. And then it continues like that. I make offerings to the ancestors. I make offerings to the Kentumbe and the different beings. And sometimes to the to the sacred muses different ones and i'll hear what they ask for and it continues to strengthen these what might be more subtle connections and that that subtle energy gets stronger and it's a way of being with the other world in a way that is it's kind of devotional really yeah yeah, making offerings to the shrines of the other worlds i would never heard it said like that that's beautiful and it reminds me of Bali. Have you, you've obviously been to Bali, and they're yeah. everywhere. Oh they're my God, so everywhere. Beautiful. Yeah, and the dogs eat the offering because they put these little packages everywhere, all over the streets, with a bit of a fire and a bit of rice and a bit of sugar, and they're offering to the ancestors and the spirits. And these little packages are everywhere, all over the street. And yeah, and they leave them there, and the dogs come and eat them. <laughs> And then you can feel, I mean, I could feel when I was in Bali. Yeah, it's one of my favorite places to be. But um, Bali, that's one of the things I love about Bali is I was really amazed that they were able to uh, maintain those practices with the influx, the strong influx of tourism from all of these different places. And, and I could still feel the sacred energy stronger. So it felt like everybody was held by that sacred energy. And that's what I experienced that um, strengthens the sacred is all those offerings that they're making so in a, such a devoted way. And everybody's just continuously doing their part, including the incense in the airport. When I come, I'm like, oh, it's, just, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Bali it's such a crazy place a friend of mine just got back and she said that it's just I think it's even more crazy than before we I had wonder COVID. what it's like recently yeah it's I, I think that during COVID when we're all shut down you know the tourist industry is 90 percent of the industry there and so yeah. everyone was out of work and, and a lot of people went back to traditional things like uh, farming seaweed and rice paddies and and because the tourist industry was, you know, not happening, it really changed and a lot of pollution got cleaned up and it would have been beautiful to be there. I mean, people were sad because everyone had no money because of their livelihoods. For but sure. the peace, the peace of Bali would have been beautiful because mm. it's crazy. And I think that when the doors opened, mm -hmm. everyone celebrated and people became even more chaotic and crowded. And she said that too. She said it was really, really busy very busy that's what i wondered busy. i wondered how the energy would be yeah, yeah after after the lockdowns and everything i was yeah i was really curious about that in bali i want to get more into that 
uh, talking to the other side, but I, I want to address to your fear of public speaking. And you said here that you feel yeah. like it's a big part of your soul's growth in this lifetime. Yeah. As I tune into you. I definitely see you. I see you as part of the Fae and I see you making a decision mm -hmm. to be human and then mm -hmm. being persecuted for that. So mm -hmm. there's been quite a few lifetimes where you have been persecuted for speaking your truth which has transitioned into fear of public speaking, which is a big fear here on earth. Oh yeah. Now you're going to make me cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. You really see. Yeah. Please continue. Now, how did you overcome it? How did you deal with it? Yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was hard. It was hard. It was, it's been really, really hard um, because, you know, I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't have, I was really comfortable working one-on-one -on -one with people. I really loved connecting and because of the in, intense, um, like shy and just feeling, feeling so sensitive, feeling so sensitive. And I really preferred to be one-on-one -on -one, definitely in my private practice. That's, that was my, where I felt, um, I felt most at ease, most comfortable there and really loved being in those deep spaces with people in San Francisco. And, um, but it was, it was trusting Maladoma, honestly, because it was what he saw in my medicine and he was seeing, you know, just to be a, a leader in these certain kinds of ways. And, and it, even particularly with the Contemple, the, the Fae and yeah, he, it was through sitting in divination with him and, and just the way that he, he would share what he saw and my heart and soul knew that it, he was really talking to me. Mm -hmm. And it, even though I couldn't imagine myself like that, I knew it was real what he was saying because mm -hmm. I would get so emotional. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do that? Because just being in a circle, forget about holding space for anybody else, just to be in a circle and to say my name was like the fight, flight, or fruit. It would get so strong and my heart would be. And so it was just a lot of, a lot of trauma healing. It consists, you know, regularly and just kept, just kept trying different ways and, trusting in the vision and just just and also while simultaneously showing up to it showing up to the purpose but also just letting people know I am I'm really nervous and I just found the more I could speak vulnerably then it kind of let the energy breathe a little bit and if I if I knew that it was okay for me to basically be human for my human to be and I noticed the more I told people about that it gave permission also for others to say, I also feel really nervous and to find out that so many people feel really nervous and scared. And I was, I made the decision to, I knew it would have been easier also to talk about ancestors when I was sharing more like through social media and that, and I knew it would have been easier to say, Oh, I'm intuitive or to stay in like safer zones talking about the ancestors and everything. But I just knew it was important to take the risk for others who who are connected to spirit and just I just I just it was like embodying the truth for me. Yeah. I was yeah. like I don't I don't want to hide. 
I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to hide and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to give the message to them that it's something shameful. I want to take a stand for them. No, I'm getting emotional. Yeah, look, our voices on this planet have been silenced and as, as, as healers, as women, as minority groups, as ethnic groups, our voices have been silent and even silenced, you know, like being beaten down, even with the um, platforms, like different platforms, yeah, the exactly. social media platforms and big search engine voices are still getting silenced. Exactly. So the trauma around it, 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 exactly. it is, is still here, you know, like we are carrying exactly. the trauma of the ancestors, like many people say, you know, I was burnt. Uh, alive as a witch or I was slain for being a heretic of the church because I spoke up against the church or I spoke up against the government or I spoke for spirit yeah it's been it's been a big story on this planet and so many people have that fear of public speaking I was one of them it was present when I was at school like if I had to read from a book you know how kids mm-hmm. stand up and read from the book I would not go to school that day like it was so present in me not to speak in front of people the fear yeah this uncommon fear like it's not so scary you know little kids are usually happy to you know talk. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we're carrying the wounds of the ancestors but we are the ancestors like we're carrying our own wounds so my mother you know who died young of a of cancer has reincarnated so she's carrying her ancestors wounds but it was her too in a past life and we're doing the same thing and this is the time to heal those wounds this is the time exactly and i really i really appreciate and i honor your your journey also and you're the the beautiful soul that you are that you've you know worked your healing and being in that process the point that you're able to share to share your beautiful light in the world and um that was basically the the way that I was doing it and and actually it was and I in in the book and even I didn't want to write the book the Kantomle told me at a certain point in the journey now write a book and I'm like no I'm not gonna write a book I'm not a writer you could tell your story and we that one we went a little bit at odds (laughs) but anyway so I just told the story because they were saying it could be helpful to other you know sensitive souls who have a similar journey or path and and you know helping them to know that there are others and and then but I, so I wrote about it in the book but when I wrote about how, how scary it's been and how I've just kept trying to find ways to muster up the courage and it was yeah one of the like <clears throat> I'm gonna get this tissue <clears throat> one of the um women's festivals or women's uh, healing gatherings that I was at, that I was sharing about, I was going to have a contemplative ritual. And uh, yeah, basically there was an undercover uh, writer for Harper's Bazaar magazine who just, you know, I guess you could say that would be like a hit piece on the, the gathering at large and also just totally like mocked and ridiculed myself and the ritual and everything. And so that was just when it was, and then yeah so it's definitely been by now and as i said it's um yeah yeah people people can be really nasty i mean people definitely can be pretty nasty um and yeah and so it's it's just been like what you're saying too with so much 
aggressive energy coming out of people around uh, around 2020 and everything happening is just, you know, whole groups of people. And I'm talking about, I know this has happened to so many people. And also I could say at the next part of it, in the in the bigger creation energy, I am sure at this point, I believe I agreed to that, you know, so there is a the I, I feel a little more progressed on the on the journey of it. And also acknowledging that, yeah, there's been some real vicious activity um, towards so many people. I mean, I was watching it. And that's what I was telling you before, why I got off social media is because I could just, I'm sensitive, I could sense just arrows going everywhere through people, through words, and I'm not even just towards me, towards all kinds of people. And I was just having this strong feeling like, we could, like, people, this is a time to come together in love, in love, and to, you know, to join together with others that are you know this is this time to unify but people have different ideas about and the people i understand i respect souls come for different reasons and we all come to to learn understand different things but so that's been a more recent um growth is to understand just to to find ways to continue to heal that too and and to stay, find ways to just let my heart keep expanding towards myself, towards others, forgiveness, compassion, ha trying to um, find a, a greater consciousness to understand what is all of this, yeah. you know? I know that just continuously doing practices to find the greater consciousness of, so I'm not allowing myself to be hardened by life in any way yeah just understanding yeah. like no keep going just keep holding the light steady you know yeah. yeah absolutely you know when actually I think it was when Trump got in I posted something on Facebook about Trump not that I'm follow him I don't think he's good I don't think he's bad I think He's doing his job. He did what he needed I think to he's do. He's doing he's, his job. Yeah. He did what he needed to do. And uh, actually when I, he got in, I was kind of shocked. Really? That sort of yeah. person? But um, there was a follower of mine that just was so vicious because I posted. And I said, I'm Australian. I don't follow Trump. I don't say that. <laughs> yeah. But you have to understand there was just I something that know. happened that he was involved in that I thought was interesting. And so I shared the post, but to yeah. her, to her, it meant that I was like, uh, you know, I upheld him as the savior, like many people do. And <laughs> I was so amazed at how these beautiful, spiritual, loving female mothers and spiritual healers, yeah. you get so vicious over a politician and I'm like, whoa. But to me, I have to say, I don't get any negative uh, comments anymore on my YouTube. I used to get a lot from, awesome. from Christians, from a lot of Christians who said that I was the devil, especially if I spoke to them. <laughs> Why did they do that? They told you you're the devil. Like Howard no. Storm, <laughs> Howard Storm, who's a pastor, you know, like, um, you know, they would follow him. And, um, yeah, I, got some, <laughs> I, I thought they were hilarious. I kept them because I thought they were so hilarious. And, That's uh, awesome. And sometimes when people get really critical, I'll answer them. 
I'll want to answer them like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And I'll just say, thank you for your appreciation. And then they turn into these like, oh my God, I love your podcast. But in oh, that moment, awesome. in that moment, they're having a critical thought and they feel like they need to voice it. Yeah, it's so interesting, these arrows that people throw with their words, as you say. And yeah, but uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful the way that you're um it feels like it feels like um like loving Aikido or something like that. It just allows the energy to transform it's it's beautiful the way that you are with with the souls i mean i'm we, I'm, we can, I'm learning from you we can all be like that really we yeah to not take uh to not be offend, offended at other people's pain i remember yeah. hearing a story of a guru who was attacked by one of his followers yeah saying that he was a charlatan and he was hurting people and and i remember he said I thank you for your uh, uh, anger, but I offer it back to you. I don't accept your anger. Your anger is yours mm. to deal with. It's not mine. Mm. And I just remember hearing the story or reading the story and thinking, I wish I could feel like that. Like, cause I used to, like I see my daughter doing get so offended when people came at me with anger or insults. Mm. Like I had done something wrong, not realizing that the person who is in pain is the one yelling, you know, mm. <laughs> is the one that's, yeah. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful that you have that you have that awareness and that, you know, basically part of my pulling pulling back from social media and I was just doing a real kind of like deep dive inwards and like uh as I was mentioning too, studying more of creation energy and just just basically taking the time to um find just to love myself also, you know, to love, to love myself that I find the more the self-love is there, then there's, um, it's easier to allow it to be just water and to be able right. to just be present with others experience and just to understand, to not, to not take it personally. Yeah. To not take it, even if it is meant to be personal, <laughs> yeah. can still just respect, just basically respect that um that's that's their right they're having their experience whatever it is to just to just make way for another's experience whatever it is and so I've just yeah I've just tried to kind of like dig into and just find the places in myself that felt hurt hurt by or wounded or betrayed or these different things and just just keep working to to heal Mm -hmm. to heal just just try to continue to heal and and while simultaneously i it might have been i wonder if it was i'm not sure however exactly i came to your to your channel but if it was because i was looking more at uh kind of conscious creation but i've been i've been really i hadn't put my attention so much there because i was focused on following the guidance of spirit and just kind of working in that way and that was the, there were big assignments and so that was requiring a lot of a lot of attention you know in these different places and so then I just went more deep dive and then just like okay I'm going to study this I'm going to study my emotions I'm going to study my thoughts more closely and that's how I said too that I realized the conscious creation too is like really really studying my um my subconscious and understanding okay what's let me take a deeper look back there and see, you know, what's, what's unhealed, what from my childhood, from a past life, what is this that is enabling, you know, some big experiences like that to happen. And also to understand that some of these 
to realize the importance of even especially the the challenging experiences that the the importance of the the learning that comes from that the perspective that comes from that becomes medicine or it can be medicine which i believe that you embody well darling one if i embody it you embody it too <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> It's, it's not all, it's not always easy you know practicing what you preach it's it's not always I had a bit of a flip out the other day oh. I had a girlfriend here and I had a bit of I had driven for six hours and then she was making demands on me and my frustration turned into what and then I sat down and I just apologized and said I'm sorry for getting upset but yeah just that fatigue turned into mm -hmm. like frustration mm -hmm. and turned into mm -hmm. like a bit of a freak out <laughs> but it wasn't anything not that energy yeah it was just something that you know like yeah but it, but as you say if we can be vulnerable and 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 admit when we're wrong yeah you know and and apologize and say yeah. I'm sorry I was not feeling good yeah then then we're doing the healing that's what we're all here to do we're here to clean up that mess of the of the separation thinking separate to love separate to god separate to what we think we want you know feeling like the other or this life or the earth is responsible for how we feel mm. feeling like we're not getting what we want we're separate from that feeling of joy and love and but you've yeah. been traveling so i was saying to live before we came online that i was listening to another podcast show and and the girl that you were speaking to, whose name escapes me, I've forgotten, yeah. um, was saying, oh, you just have to check out her beautiful Instagram. It's of her pictures of her traveling all over the world and doing her thing. And I looked and I couldn't find it. Yeah. So I looked her Instagram <laughs> and then Liv shared with me that she went off in 2020 because of what was going on online, all the, yeah. all the, the spears, as you say, yeah. everyone hating each other. So she just went off Instagram. But love you to go back on because I think you've got a lot of, beautiful images and stories to share of your travels. Do you want to share some of them with us today, working with the Contomble and the Fay and what they've had to say to you about different parts of the planet? Yeah, I think you yeah, had mentioned the, the gathering in Tokyo and uh, or in Japan. And for some reason, that one just jumps out. And that was, <laughs> that was one, yeah. So basically progressively each each one really in the different places the consomble they would they would bring through these these strong messages of okay now go there and I might not understand I'm like Japan or understand how every time you know they're like trust us just <laughs> just do this and then so next thing you know yeah you're like renting a space in Tokyo they take it brought, brought us on quite the journey but it was beautiful because with that one in particular, they were asking for an honoring of Mount Fuji and also an honoring of the whales. And so, yeah, speaking of the shrines, then we created these shrines there. We created these shrines for, for the whales in this gallery space for the whales and for Mount Fuji. The Japanese people that I met there encounter their oh my god such beautiful souls and I felt their connection with uh, ele elementals you know I tell my friend Kyoko this a lot like why wow, it's amazing they felt yeah it's just you might experience that in different places just their unique connections to the to the spiritual dimensions but so there's a translator and when the Kantamle come in this is a traditional way but the basically I, I learned this from Maladama that in a traditional way to the Dagra that you 
uh, the contumely voice diviner that you would go behind a, a curtain, there would be some kind of like a veil between you and the person. So they're not looking directly at you. And I think it's helpful anyway, because it just allows people to actually connect with the spirit. And there's not the distraction of, you know, the person where you're looking at the person and, you know, where you actually can connect with the actual message of what's coming through. But so I was, I was behind a screen there, the contemplative were coming through and I was bringing through the messages and then the, the translator was translating them. There was one message in particular that it was saying something, it was something like, and when you look into the eyes, yeah, I feel emotional even now feeling it. It's like when you look into the eyes of your children, you'll see the whales looking back at you, something like that. And when, when she translated, I could just feel the whole energy like ripple through the room and could feel like crying happening, you know? So there would be these, these, these times, yeah, these, these moments that they, they share so um, specifically, so uniquely to each community, whoever they're talking to. And every time, I don't know what they're talking about. So I just translate the messages. Or there was the time when we were with the, the reindeer people. And I remember they were making a joke because they do make jokes. And they were making a joke about, I didn't realize that they were um, a matriarchal people. But the contemplary, they were making some joke about, you know, when did you when did you stop becoming matriarchal? It was because they were talking about some situation that happened. They were making a joke with them. And they were confused. They're like, we still are matriarchal. What are you talking about? But they have a way that they're, they understand, you know, they understand the people. And so they're making, making a joke, but they were, they have these really beautiful ways. There's ways I remember that they were honoring them, that they were, you know, saying something like, uh, if there's um, even one of them missing or gone, it's like the constellation is not the same. You know, they were speaking about how important each of their souls are. I remember that. And then I remember this was funny. This was a funny time <laughs> that one time this was, I wrote about this in the book that I was, I was married for a short time. And during that time, I was still maintaining my practice, but more of the focus was on the marriage, I would say for sure. And we went to India, we went to Rishikesh in India, and I was, um, we were going through this yoga um, teacher training. And I remember I, I was, if anything, I was trying to kind of like veil what I did. And I was at this Ayurvedic clinic and I was sitting with the doctor and I was like filling out the form. He was asking questions, I guess that would be determining the, the dosha or something like that. So he's asking questions and he asked about my profession and I, I was even like trying to kind of like mumble and say under, I was like, oh, something, I work with the ancestors or something. I tried to kind of like mumble it and be, and he, he picked up on it and he was like, what? And he just <laughs> he said, like, what did you say? And he said, um, he was like, I believe in that. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I was trying to just keep talking about the dosha. <laughs> I was like, you want to keep talking about the the Ayurveda um and then 
he just he started it was like the whole energy shifted and he just kept asking me questions and I was like oh there's a thing that I do and anyway he was he was basically like is it possible that my wife and I could work with you and I was like uh yeah I guess we could do that and I was explaining about the contemplate and it's kind of weird and I was explaining how it happens he was like no no we understand you know we honor that Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) We're there at the at the Ayurveda clinic. <laughs> I'm laughing just because it seems so bizarre. And I was excited, but it, in some ways, it was just it was just right in that environment because of their understanding of spirituality and spirit and all these altars and shrines. So in some ways, it was just right. But I go there before the Ayurvedic clinic open up, and there were it was so it felt like such a healing. Um, experience honestly to work with them because they were so honoring and a lot of people they don't know how to be with it it's kind of weird and people just aren't raised with it usually you know modernity and so it's just kind of there's a whole extra energy around it just to even get to the actual thing do you know what I mean of people's process with it it's just part of the modern times but anyway so it felt so healing anyway to be with them they were so honoring but um so we we went into this and it was beautiful and the contemplate and their ancestors brought through messages and it felt like it was really supportive to them and it was a really really beautiful experience and then later where my ex-husband and I we were staying um <laughs> somebody came and they were saying could you come back to the doctor's uh, clinic? He's told these people, there's a group of people that want to meet you. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. So it feels like they've taken me on a journey. I've been on the Contemplé journey. And yeah, that's a little bit about it. (laughs) Where are you in the world at the moment? Because you're not in the state, because you're you're born in the States, right? You're born in the States? Born in the States. Yeah, I'm born in the States. And right now, currently, I'm visiting Scotland. Scotland um, you're in Scotland yeah. and what are the contemple the fae saying to you about that land I mean that mm. the the stories the Scottish the you know the Scottish they have so many stories of the fae and the elves and the leprechauns and all that sort of stuff was that Irish mm-hmm. I think I was Irish but anyway they've got the same thing going on I think it's felt like an honor to be here yeah every time the different places where we go the the energy feels so yeah it feels so different in each place and I have a lot of ancestors from Scotland so in some ways it's felt like my ancestors have felt really happy about me being here and so it's felt um uh healing in that way to be you know to feel that something like a loop connected or something like some completion of a loop or the particular Scottish ancestors that are that I am related to that are of this region but um and then yeah the little people that I feel here the contemplate they tell me I don't know exactly their name for sure I connect with the fae and my um dear friend who I work with very regularly she is she is so connected to the fae and so the fae yeah I feel like I'm connected to the fae and also likely I'm one but um it's felt the ones that I feel here, they talk about them being sturdy. Like I feel them like this, like they would be, it feels like the name would be like the, the sturdy, the sturdy ones or something. They feel hardy, really hardy. The little people that it's like, Ooh. <laughs> I 
feel them a little bit like that, like, like they have a little gruff to them or something, you know? And so, like, they don't want to be called like dainty or something like that, <laughs> you know? They've got don't mess with me energy. Don't mess with me. It feels a little bit like, ah. um, they, it, it feels endearing to me. I feel like I love it too. I feel it in the people that I've met here. And I don't know why. I feel like it must be the consomme for some reason. I feel like I want to just like acknowledge their sturdiness or something. I was telling my friend about, I'm like, it's the strangest thing. Like, I feel like I just want to not shake them like you're doing something wrong, but shake them like honoring their sturdiness. But it must be the consomme. They're like, they, it's like an acknowledgement. There's something sturdy. It feels sturdy, like, um, like an ancient tree. And so I'm, I'm really, really loving the ancient stone beings here, the mountains, and I feel the strength of the natural world here, which feels awesome and not like a lot of places. A lot of places I feel different, like portals and things shut down. So I feel really, really, it feels... Um, so relieving it feels mm -hmm. so relieving to feel the strength of the natural world and that i can hear feel like the songs in the in the nature i can feel them singing still so i make offerings to them and i feel their strength i love that yeah scotland has one of the few wildernesses left in europe uh you know that it's like you can drive up out of England into Scotland and in, when you go into the north and you can, because most of Europe and England, you see there's not something that you don't see, stone walls or ha houses or something because it's so crammed and then Scotland has this sort of wilderness area. I heard that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that from direct experience, but I did. I heard that and you can really feel it, yeah. And I don't know about you, but I always like, I feel... I feel most at home in the wilderness. I feel most at home in nature. And so when I'm in places where there's like just the cities and everything, usually I get like, I get a little anxious and itchy. <laughs> yeah. oh, fair enough. You are so sensitive. It's like you're so crazy sensitive. Yeah. But there are a lot of people out there like you who are crazy sensitive who um who become victims to their sensitivity because they yeah. are so sensitive. And uh, as I say, that work that we were talking about, we're not taking things personally. Yeah, exactly. We're often picking up energies and we're saying, oh, I feel like this or it's mine, but because we're sensitive, we're picking up these energies. Of exactly. course, they have, they have to be a match to the energy we're carrying. So it's not like you can't right. claim some of it, but yeah. not all of it. Like it's just amplified and it can be overwhelming. I know when I was expanding my field when I was um, expanding my psychic abilities that was happening to me I was in a place of overwhelm most of the time but what do the fae yeah. what do the contumble as you've spoken to these beings that look after the natural world what is their message mm -hmm. to us humans or to humanity what has that... the consensus been as you've spoken to different ones around the world mm -hmm. The general message that I do hear a lot is they're calling us to return to, it's like our shared humanity, to return to our hearts, to return to kindness, to return to generosity. That's what I hear a lot is they're trying to encourage people um, to, to return to those ways, to understand our place in the, the web of life and the web of creation. And so 
that's that's what I hear from them a lot. And also I hear them talk a lot about not getting possessive, not getting possessive, you know, encouraging us to understand that I have heard this message from them in so many different places. It's like we don't own we don't own this. That's what I hear consistently from them in different places. And uh yeah, they talk about how humans have gotten uh, kind of like they'll call it like grippy or something. It's just like, this is mine. This mm -hmm. is mine. And so they do. They teach a lot about, I mean, in a way, you could say it's kind of like fundamental uh, values of spirituality in a sense, too. I mean, really, the things that they're teaching about is really the heart of what a lot of spiritual understanding is of ways that we be with each other and understanding it's like that we're encouraging the uh the understanding that we're always encouraging us to be a part of the stream of life of creation and to um rather than like gripping it's just like expanding and sharing and caring and the like the open-hearted way which the more, the more I contemplate it and everything is like, how would we be connecting with spirit in any other way other than the heart? It seems so obvious. Like the more I think, you know, muse on that, it's like, of yeah. course we'd be connecting from the heart. What else are we doing if we're not connecting from the heart? Yeah. It's like the heart that's connecting us to the spiritual dimensions. So I would say those are, those are some of their regular messages or study messages that I hear from the different ones. And they encourage offerings a lot. I've heard that uh, there was a situation I remember in a particular, I'll just speak generally, in a particular land on earth that a woman had contacted me about. They were having a really tough time in this area. And she asked me if I would consult with the Kuntumle about what was happening. And um, in that particular place, there was if I remember correctly, there was some kind of like spirit bear and there the spirit bear is a certain kind of guardian of the forest. And they were saying uh, like to this different forest, these ancient ones that there's a protocol, there's ways that you honor making offerings and everything. And so this was seen as some kind of spiritual trespass or something like a spiritual trespass to this particular ancient trees, these ancient beings of ways how that was received and so I was connecting with the little people of that land and then they were bringing these messages through and so there was a kind of a you could say like a spiritual repair in a way just like how we can repair relations or um, apologize for any like what we were talking about before even if we didn't mean to hurt somebody they can be hurt and we can apologize for that you know just if you care about those relations so that situation, they were asking for that, that was helping to restore the relations and so there could be harmony and understanding. So it seems that the different beings have gotten uh, disconnected, you know, in the understanding of the ways that we be in honor of the different, the spirit beings that inhabit the natural world. Yeah, when I hear you say, let go of our possessiveness, uh, possessiveness is a uh, feeling of lack that you mm -hmm. need to hang on to something because it won't come again. Like mm -hmm. uh, what I feel you saying, it's like 
be generous knowing that there is no lack. And I was thinking this mm-hmm. yesterday morning as I was scraping out the seeds from a papaya and there's just <laughs> millions of seeds and every yeah. single seed can create a like eight, like there's all these tiny seeds and each one of those tiny seeds can create another papaya tree full of papayas. And I was just thinking of the abundance of the natural world is just totally. so huge, like a strawberry. Think about a strawberry all over the cup. It's like the seeds and each totally. seed can create a plant that can create. Yeah. Like there's just so much abundance. Yeah. In so possessiveness comes from a, a thought rooted in limitation in, yeah. in that I'm limited in some way and there's there's not enough. It's that separateness to abundance, which is an abundanceness is that connection to love and generosity is is love. So yeah, that's the that's what I felt yeah. that they were saying through you. Different words, yeah. same meaning. But exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, totally. And what you're saying too, yeah, it is that I love that too about nature you do you see that and just like that it's like so abundant nature is so generous and we are nature and have needed to be really uh mindful or i've chosen to be very mindful about who i've been tuning into in the past couple years also to to try not to get caught and snared in the like the fear like ah and then rather pull back and then go into the contemplative they keep asking me study what matter is made of you know keep understanding what is matter made of and I don't know that I can tell you the answer yet (laughs) but I'm (laughs) I have some ideas (laughs) well I'd love to hear your ideas but I'm going to tell you what Deepak Chopra said you know like the stuff of the universe (laughs) is not stuff you know everything is molecules and energy everything is energy and matter matter is like we call matter matter and we call it solid and real because we can perceive it but it's actually just energy and and, uh, I thought to myself when I was listening to Deepak yeah I'm hearing feedback I thought I thought to myself when I was listening to Deepak years ago he would say there's no stuff in the universe it's all energy so matter is not matter nothing matters nothing matters yeah 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 it feels like you've 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 deep dived into that to that matter and sometimes the contemplative will say matter is of the mother sometimes i say matter mother so they say it's of the mother mother but um but yeah so when you when you observe it in that way go into the tiny 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 and then understand where is this all arising from anyway you see it's not limited it's it's ever generous it's you know it's sometimes you just gotta sometimes they encourage me to go like bigger bigger um like a bird's eye vision and then sometimes more recently it's been tiny 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 they say look at it what is it made of and then why are you they'll ask me like why are you worrying about why are you getting allowing yourself and then like okay let me just clear my energy and remember remember and so i've just chosen to kind of go deeper into um communion with the other world study and and just keep understanding it to not get you know caught up in the the fray beautiful message from our elemental friends you're also speaking with spirit what are they you're somebody that helps spirit who was still caught in their thought form matrix even though they've transitioned out of their body right so they're they're in a realm which is a vibrational match to their beliefs 
some people call it a hell realms or purgatory uh-huh. or, or they're earthbound. There's been lots of talk about this and you're someone that helps these 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 minds, these energy mm-hmm. vortices. Do you want to speak about that a bit? They get stuck sometimes. I believe you've had a NDE near-death experiencers on your show before, yeah? Yeah, many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, in that, what I believe happens if it's from the process of the person that's that's died and they're and they're in that journey, I believe why why do they get stuck? I believe they get stuck is because they don't believe they deserve to, you know, go on. They feel really badly about what they've done. Sometimes they die traumatically. They don't even know they're dead. Mm-hmm. So many things they get just stuck in what could be called just ne- negative energy really it's mm-hmm. it's different expressions of of that it just kind of gets a real deep hold on the person and they they maybe progressively through their life but it, it can happen in different ways and really so my my understanding is that different cultures different traditions throughout the ages would have some kind of practices songs ways coming together in community to um, to make sure that that soul is transitioning, that they're going to be a healthy ancestor. So they're tending to the dead, you could say, to make sure that they become an ancestor. And then there would be ways that they would, somebody would divine and, you know, they would be tending to life in that way, to the continuity. And um, so this hasn't been happening for many of us for so many generations and and all kinds of traumas and and it just gets cumulative through the generations and so people get stuck and sometimes like with my dad's dad with my dad's dad I didn't meet on this side but I met him in in spirit form he he needed to tell my dad this is from his perspective. He needed to tell my dad that he he wanted to apologize to my dad for for not being a good father. And he was he was he was holding on because I believe he knew he was dead. He just was like, "Oh shit, you know, I need to tell him this." He realized at that point and he couldn't let himself go on until he did that. And so I actually held space you could say so I was on the phone with my dad and then his dad was coming through and he was saying to my dad my dad was grieving and so that was also making way for the healing between them and for his dad to transition so it helped in all these different ways and so that's yeah for a while I was really focused on that and supporting people in these different ceremonies and helping their stuck loved ones to um, transition or it could be a friend of theirs that is close to them that and they may not they may not know it consciously but the that energy ends up kind of like attaching in these kinds of ways and then just like what you were saying about the um what were you saying about the scarcity or the the feeling of lack the the feeling of lack possessiveness yeah that 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 can be really ancestral and so those energies i believe actually more often than not are ancestral that people are expressing without maybe being conscious of it and then 
So once the ancestor or the family member goes through the process of releasing and going to the light, basically, where are they going? They're going to the light. Whatever that person sees that to be, the realm of the ancestors, the light, you know, they're going beyond what people would talk about in their near-death experience. They're moving into the light. They get, you know, it's like dropping the density. But um, so they so they're able to to go there and it's this huge release and support for the ancestors and also for the loved ones and for the collective and in all these different ways it ends up rippling this real generous beautiful energy recently though i've noticed i've noticed in the past couple years i've noticed a lot of people dying the reason why the reason why i've noticed that is because i can say that more personally is because I get, I realized I get pinged. This is what I noticed was happening. I would, somebody would come into my, and I was like, where did they, why, how did that come in? You know, it seemed random. So I was tuning in, I'm like, they're not alive. I would ask, I was like, are they live? So it seemed what was happening is they were going into their life review. And because whatever, they were having some experience with me from this lifetime. And so I was getting pinged. And so basically what I would do, and sometimes when it was repetitive, I kept hearing a certain person's name. I was like, what is going on? And so I asked spirit, have they made it to the light? Uh, no. It, would it be an overstep to their soul as if I support them? Mm -hmm. You know, ask the, their guardian angels to help them to come into light. Would that be an overstep? So, no, I asked their guardian angels, can you please help them to go into the light? And then I would notice that I wouldn't hear their name anymore. But what I feel actually more recently though, I feel it's easier for the souls to transition because I believe that there's a huge process going on right now. And I believe that there's so much support on the earth. Mm -hmm. So that is something that I feel that it's actually in some ways easier to support them to transition. I notice sometimes when I feel in a ceremony, I feel oh there's ones that need to transition it takes so little effort to, it's just like a little push like if it was a, a, a woman giving labor giving birth very little labor very so in comparison to before so different because I believe there are so many angels there's so many beings galactics that are supporting this tra transition trying to help people um, to get well and to to ascend basically yeah yeah that's so interesting during not when 9 11 hit one of my clients actually rang me in the morning and she said have you got the television on it's like eight o'clock in the morning and i said no she said you're not watching the news i said no she said turn it on and they were just on repeat showing the towers coming down because it had happened overnight in australia you know our time i think it was mm. the morning in the states and um so I've watched this for like a whole day and then I was just saying to spirit, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? So I went over there with my consciousness mm -hmm. and watched what was happening. It was so interesting what I saw. I saw because a lot of people were dying suddenly and like you said, they didn't know they were dead because like right. one minute they're sitting at their decks, the next minute they're not at their desk. They still think they're sitting at their desk and there's all these people around them that are actually dead as well. And, the, and they said, just like you said, there was so much help because this was predestined. 
this was uh-huh. going to happen in this timeline that we're on. And there were people that were incarnate, like angels, if you like, or or spirit guides that were incarnate uh-huh. and people that were not incarnate that were there to help the transitioning souls. Like mm-hmm. there were firemen. I saw firemen who had died in the, in the collapse that had instantly awakened to their mission to be a guide a spirit guide to those transitioning souls and so they look like a fireman because they're wearing their astral form and they were saying come with me come with me it's okay and these people that didn't actually know they were dead were following the fireman and yeah it was so interesting and I was just watching all this unfold and then I was thinking oh they don't need my help there's plenty of help and it's just reiterating what you're saying there's so much help there's just so much help for that's awesome that you were able to connect to connect with it in that way that you were able to just go have a look I just went like yeah 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 yeah. I felt helpless here in Australia as I was watching this unfold on the television and the question was how can I help let me go and Mm. have a look how can I help and actually Mm. I didn't need to do anything I, I didn't need to do anything I just witnessed this and years later there were these stories that came out of the specifically the firemen that had died and how amazing they were as humans and what angels they were on on earth you know such giving loving generous helping souls that had become these firemen that had died and I thought wow that's so interesting because they're kind of elected to come in to a life to be there for that it's so interesting how it's all and it's nice it's nice that you it's nice the way that you emphasize that part too because I know that that whole experience got it seemed like it got really manipulated in certain ways and um what what I also remember hearing so much was about people helping and caring and loving and that that there can be a kind of like program about that humans are different than that and it's like no actually those are the stories that I was hearing first when I was tuning in more to what was happening in New York so it's really beautiful that you that you shine a light on that yeah yeah I mean Disaster does bring out the best in people. Often disasters are designed from the higher realms to actually do that, to elect that, to bring out the humanity, <laughs> the unity it's and the humanity. A, it's like it's such an interesting, it's such an interesting system, Karen. Right. I'm just learning about it. I know. I know. It's like you can live next door to somebody for 20 years and never talk to them, and then your house falls down or the street floods or something, and there's a fire, and then you're hugging your next door neighbor like they're your best friend, you know, like it's That's just, amazing. it's where, so, yeah, disaster brings out that. But yes, the the help in the in the other realms is amazing how we've we've got all this help. So we've been yakking, love that word, know, <laughs> yakking for ages. There's just so I much know. for you to share. It's been so beautiful to feel you. You're just amazing. You're so sensitive, honestly. As I said to live before we started, you know, I've spoken to so many people over the years and so many people are like, right, I'm going to be on this podcast and it's going to be all about me. They don't even bother to tune mm. in who you are. And Liv is like, before she's even come on the show, she's totally tuned in and so sensitive. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would highly recommend it. I appreciate I love your sensitivity too. I Like I said, it's, um, I, yeah, it's like it's brought out all of these um, awarenesses and understandings and everything that I felt like weren't even there before. It's because of your 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 soul. Yeah, that's the point of these podcast shows that I do because 
I had a comment from someone which my ego wanted to get upset about the other day. Like, I loved this conversation. It was wonderful. But I wish the host would shut up and let the other person talk. And I'm like, right. So there's this idea that the host is just the question asker. And then (laughs) you just fire questions and then disappear. And you don't offer who you are. And I think that if two healers come together to have a conversation, the combination of your experience and my experience comes together and together we create this new experience for you and I and for everyone listening. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing that happens on spiritual and conscious podcast shows because all the hosts, pretty much most of them, are healers in their own right, you know, even if they're interviewers, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, that's what I appreciated that you call it, that you referred to it as a conversation too, because for me in different um, interviews too, I always felt like that's, that's my preferences too. It's, we're, you know, not like, yeah. it, it's like, we're, we're here together. We're doing this yeah. thing. We're, yeah. we're here together. Yeah. Yeah. So you want people to go to your website. I want you to start up another Instagram account. I know we were talking about <laughs> If you don't get on Instagram, where do you go? And I really don't know. I really we don't were know. talking about that before we started recording. It's yeah. like, what is that platform? I know. What is that platform? Adam Apollo, uh, if you watch the show with Adam Apollo, he is creating a platform, which he said will probably be out next year, 2024, maybe mid to late 2024. He said he's been working on it for 15 years, but it sounds like an awesome platform. It does have like been an awesome platform. There have been platforms that have come and gone that have been like conscious or spiritual kind of social mm. media platforms and they just didn't have the tech and they didn't have the money behind it. You know, these Facebook, Instagram type big mega platforms, yeah. they've got they've got the grunt behind them that ke- yeah, keeps exactly. them going and keeps them improving and even though they do tend to censor what they don't want you to hear. But uh, I would lo- love to see more, you know, pop your photos of your journeys around the world and Maybe I will. places we'll you've been. It'd be lovely. But <laughs> your website is beautiful and your book sounds amazing. Is there anything you'd like to leave with us before we go? I'm so honored to have connected. And um yeah, no, it feels I feel yeah, it's it's been it's been beautiful. Oh well I guess the <laughs> Kantoma said you can tell. Oh well yeah. If yeah, people are wanting to connect with, I just remember they reminded me that <laughs> it's funny. They just reminded me there's this. If they go to the website and they're wanting to experience a ceremony, we do actually. Speaking of seeds, we have a seed, uh, a seed planting a ceremony, seed planting, dream planting, contemplate um, ceremony coming up on I think it's September third. That's on the website, and then also soon just right around the corner maybe by the time this is shared i'm not sure we're um, about to share our new school that i'm really excited about so if people want to um tune in to that it's going to be yeah it's going to be on the website what is the school teaching people about connecting to the contemple or to we're um it's uh, most a, a lot of the work m- many many of the ceremonies not all, but many of them. And this one in particular is for the feminine, for the, it's for women, for, mm-hmm. for the feminine, it's in honor of the feminine. And then it's that, this particular one, we're going into a lot more vision, receiving vision, working a lot, working a lot with vision and also connecting to the different, um, the, we'll be working with the Quintumle, we'll be working with, 
um, different galactics that have been uh, asking for us to bring people together in, in council, you could say. And then, so kind of supporting more of the, um, the galactic soul and that kind of the integration in those ways. And then, and then also they're bringing in some star medicine. They've been talking about star medicine. So they're working with us with um, star medicine and, and there's other things too, but that's a little bit about it. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Well, Liv, thank you so much for being on the thank show. Thank you so much to you, Karen. Such an honor and blessing. I look forward to the next. How glorious, how gorgeous to connect with Liv and her beautiful energy. Such a sensitive, so sensitive. Amazing, 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 amazing. Yeah, you know me. I've spoken to many healers, teachers, experiences on this platform for many years and uh, there are some extraordinary standouts. Liv was one of them in her energy. Uh, it's difficult for people that are that sensitive and psychic uh, as she said, you know, she struggles with feeling all the energies around the world and it translates often as fear of public speaking and all sorts of shyness and stuff like that. I know the story, that was me. But when we do embody love, there's not, we've got nothing to fear, really. Really, we've got nothing to fear. What is it? Walk in the shadow of the valley of death, whatever they say. I fear no evil, whatever that is out of the Bible. <laughs> you guys know that better than me. Terrible with my Bible verses, but they come to mind uh, every now and then. Yeah, fear no evil. Uh, yeah, you don't have to fear when you're when you're uh, an embodiment of the brilliance of who we are as an extension of the source. And love, I think Michael Tamora said it beautifully. We were talking about this on one of the shows one day. And he said that if you could see yourself as a as a glass, as a window, and see that the energy enters your field, your energy field, but just like a pane of glass, when the sun comes through, it doesn't stop and get caught inside the glass. It just goes straight through. If you can see energies, you feel them, you experience them, you don't have to suffer for them, and they just move on through. They don't get stuck and, and you know, torture you and your energy. You don't get tortured by the amplification of the distorted energy that you feel. You can just move on through your field, like imagine yourself like a clean, <laughs> clean pane of glass. My windows don't look so clean at the moment, but clear, clean pane of glass, and that energy just moves through. So yeah, you get to experience it, but you don't you don't suffer from it to the sensitives that are listening. Yeah, Liv, when we finish that, normally people stay online and we have a bit of a chat, but um she reached over and uh and I lost her. So we didn't get to chat after the show, but just such beautiful energy. Um yeah, if you want to check out her website it's a beautiful website her book is on there or you can get i think it's on amazon you can get it on the amazon link on my page where you'll see our conversation and the bio and the links and everything that you need to find her uh, as she said she went off all social media she went off facebook instagram and youtube so she's not on any social media she's just uh, communicating through her website and her newsletter so if you want to keep in contact with her that's the way you find her <laughs> and um, you can find me on all those platforms social media website newsletters all that stuff I, I'm terrible at putting out newsletters actually I've got to do one tomorrow um, I could be more vigorous in talking to you all through the newsletter but I'm not good because I talk to you through this medium 
come listen to me on a one of these video audio platforms anyway who's coming up ah i had a bit of a chat with sheila seppi the other day on cosmic conversations for the conscious awakening network and the galactic alliance we did some healing i had the guides in my ear about cleaning up density on this planet because you know that movie came out the uh, sound of freedom and i haven't seen the movie Sheila said she'd seen it, and uh, but I've watched a lot of interviews around the movie, how it was made, who made it, who was in it, why they were in it, what it's about. So I listened to a lot of stuff, and I just thought, whoa, how prolific this distorted sexual energy is around the world. This enslavement energy is around the world, so distorted. And I asked the question, you know, it's great to hear people going and rescuing children and from being abused but that's the end product it's what causes people to abuse that was the question i asked and it said their consciousness forgetting who they are of course and so what can we do as healers well i did that with the group and if you want to check that out do it join us uh with the on the conscious awakening network go to the conscious awakening network it's on youtube it's on all the social media platforms but it's also on things like roku and Amazon Fire, and there's an app. You can download the app on your iPhone or your Android, and you can watch a plethora of conscious conversations or cosmic conversations on the Conscious Awakening Network. But I got the group to do a prayer and to send that energy towards that distortion because as the guides say through Paul Selleck, my guides say the same thing, but Paul just uses these words. I can't beat them, so I just give it to him. When you see the divine in what you look at, what you look at transforms. So when you can look at something and see the divine in it, your attention to the divine in it transforms it back into light. So if we deem something as evil or darkness, then law of attraction says, and so it is. But if we deem it as part of light or consciousness or the unified field or God or whatever you want to call that, then the universe says and so it is and then there is a different experience coming out of that so we are powerful with our powerful focus and our attention and our judgments so what we judge as divine it is so and what we judge as evil we create uh, what do you want to do so we did that with the group that was a very important message that came through with the group that I did. So Sheila is actually going to be the next speaker in the Inner Sanctum. She's got a lot to say. She's been doing twice a week. She's been holding groups and cosmic conversations and uploading everyone's stuff onto the Conscious Awakening Network. And she's also an incredible healer herself. She works in a healing. She's got a healing uh, with her son, a healing um, practice in that state that she lives in, in the USA. She's told me a million times and I've forgotten. And uh, she's amazing. A walk-in and she's got a lot to share. So we're going to catch up with Sheila in the Inner Sanctum. Uh, do join us. Also this weekend, I'll have this up. Hopefully I'll have this up. But it's it's me in the Inner Sanctum. I'm um, always at the beginning of the months. Uh, I will come on and we just, um, we have a family reunion, as Sheila calls it. People can just come on and chat about what they're going through, ask questions, meet each other. If you want to join us, please do come on. It's free or by donation. I do appreciate any donations if you choose to make a donation, but it's not mandatory. And I'll um, remember to check out the book Awakened by Death. Say that every time. If you haven't already, it's a great read. Many amazing stories. And I'll catch you next show. Bye for now. <laughs>